Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Ah, hello, Hannah Gelb. Hey, Hannah Hart. Hi, what if I only talked like this? (laughs) Would you be soothed or Super scared. It's <laughs> Halloween. No, it's not. Uh, I think I'd be cool with it. You'd be cool with it? Yeah. Cool. You know what I am excited about? What? Tonight, you're spending the night. Oh, my God. It's going to be so great. I'm so excited for you to sleep over. <laughs> Me, too. I'm so excited. We excite- haven't done that in a while. I know. We're going to have a nice, fun sleepover. Yeah, and here's We the can thing. talk about things. We can like talk about all kinds of things. We can talk about all kinds of things. We can make art. We can oh just hang God, out. We can hang. Oh, that'd be great. And then Maggie can come over. My yeah. little sister. Oh, that'd mm-hmm. be so lovely. You know what? What if tonight, when we hung out... I we, moved to L.A. You moved to L.A.? Whoa, okay, bud. Okay, <laughs> slow down there. I was going to say, what if we don't use any screens? Oh, my God, I love that idea. What if we just spend time together? Let's fucking do it. Right? Let's try that. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, but are you including phones? Uh Uh-oh. All right. Okay. Okay. What if we say phones are off 9 p.m.? Whoa, buddy. Slow down. Earbuds to yet another rip-roaring adventure through the town of Analyze This. I hope so. It's been kind of a traumatic day. I mean, not really traumatic, but I feel like it's like Mercury in retrograde or something. I don't know. Uh, let me check. Tappity type type tappity type type is Mercury in retrograde. The answer is. It always is, huh? It just always is. It's always in retrograde. Oh, the answer is yes. Oh my god. Thank goodness. There's a website called Is Mercury in Retrograde. dot com. Wow. Mercury will be out of retrograde on April 15th, which is tax day. Oh, scary. Guys, better do your taxes. Yeah. Well, really carefully because Mercury's in retrograde. For those of you that don't know, when Mercury's in retrograde, it means that time, scheduling, machines, your your ability to communicate with others via technology, etc. Technology in general, everything's a little bit fucked up. Oh, my God. Exactly. Yes. I missed the train. Again, everybody, for your information. <laughs> I am just. I realized I only miss the train when there are new factors that I'm not familiar with. Like this train was at a train station I'd never been to before. You went to a different train station? Yeah, because usually I go to the one closest to work. But this time I had the day off today. So you went to one closest to your house? So I went to one closest to my house. And of course, I always need the train that's on the platform that requires you to like go on an elevator and like under a tunnel. Oh, no. And I, oh my God. I was like, if I had left the house, 
one minute earlier. No. I would have made it. I was no. like running up to the train and the door's closed. And I, oh, I had a I, I had a moment. I had a little I had a moment. Oh Hannah, but you tried your you tried really hard. I here's, tried really hard. Here's the thing, <laughs> but right? I wasn't good enough. No, you were good enough. It's just that like now dude, listen. Okay, you know me. I'm very punctual, right? Oh my god. Yes. I hate to be late. Yes. Yeah, I'm like uh I don't know if you guys know this. I am a bit of a stick in the mud. <laughs> As fun and carefree as I am, I am also someone that's like, we need to leave now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, so trains for you are like parking in L.A. So mm-hmm. I have to. You mean to. impossible. Impossible. <laughs> slash sometimes you go to a parking structure and you don't know which building your parking structure is attached to. Mm-hmm. I've been to so many meetings mm-hmm. where if I hadn't given myself extra time, mm-hmm. I would have been very late. Yeah. Because sometimes you have to drive down four or five levels, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all that means is that you just got to give yourself extra time. Yeah. I know. I don't know if this is a time to bring this up, but I feel like there's an underlying thing. Like, I'm afraid to get there early because then I'll have to decide what to do with the time before the train. So decide before you leave. <sighs> I don't like making choices. Uh, you know what, dude? <laughs> I, I I say it like it's an easy thing, but it's not. It's just really, uh, it's not easy. Speaking of things that aren't easy... I want to talk about the topic of today's episode. All right. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, guys. This week on Analyze This, we are going to be exploring things that aren't easy, very specifically for me and my buddy Hannah Geld, and I think a lot of you, which is this, stopping playing video games. I would like to start out by saying that I periodically download Sailor Drops on my phone, which is the most amazing game in the world. It's like a sparkly Sailor Moon candy crush featuring cats and jewels and Sailor Moon saying things in Japanese. This is what happens. I download it. I have it for a day and then I have to delete it. Did you already delete it again? Yes. (gasps) I deleted it again because I will literally wake up at 5 a.m. and start playing that game. I will sit at my desk at work with the door open Mm. and like be like, oh, I'm on an important text right now. I am playing this game. Mm. And then I start to see it in my dreams. But it's so fun. It is so fun. It's so fucking fun. And it's so cute and sparkly. God, you know that feeling when you're playing a game and when you close your eyes to go to bed, you see it like in your eyes. You can see it happening. Absolutely. When I first started playing The Last of Us, which I didn't stop until I beat the game, I literally would see like a squirrel run and I'd be like, you know. Do I get it? Right. You're like, shit, should I take that bottle for later? Yes. I might need to thrust that into the jugular of a zombie. Oh, you know what I would love? I would love for you to post on the Hanalyze Pod Twitter uh, Steven's video. Your friend that made that amazing (gasps) Last of Us video. Oh, my God. I will. I love that. I love that. Oh, it's amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Please do. Oh, I will. Oh, God. You know, I feel kind of guilty because I don't know if you guys know this, listeners, the reason Hannah Hart got into games is because she came to stay with me at my apartment, and we played Inside. Oh, God. Which is amazing. Amazing game! I First think it's of all, like a Nordic company that made it. Yeah, Inside is like the ice. same makers of Limbo. Um, this yeah. is going to be a very game-centric episode, uh, but that's okay because we're really talking about gaming in terms of guilty pleasures, so there's a mm-hmm. lot here for everyone. But I will say this, which is that you're more than listeners. You're earbuds. That is right. They're earbuds. They're our earbuds. You guys are our earbuds. But man, you know, here I I actively avoid playing games because I know that I have not yet been able to exercise that form of self-control. I can control myself in a variety of ways. I can, you know, if I'm like trying to eat healthy, I can do that. If I need to like take a step back from a conversation, I can do that. But I cannot at all 
moderate my gameplay. Dude, uh, you know that my whole life fell apart because I played Skyrim for 16 hours a day, right? No! Well, that was just a symptom of things going on. Oh, shit. What does that mean for me? (laughs) But I have a memory. I think it was like one night, like three in the morning in Skyrim, I shot a flaming arrow from one side of a boat to an enemy on the other side of the boat and the camera like slow mode and I hit the guy in the head and he burst into flames and died. And honestly, I think it's one of the proudest moments of my life. I mean, <laughs> that is impressive. Is that sad? No. I mean, is that sad? <laughs> Dude, no. That is so cool. I mean, games are wonderful in their own way. I will say that like, yeah, dude, you you were my enabler. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Because but now it's so great that we can talk about it together. It is great. It is great. But there's nothing more satisfying in my incredibly satisfying life than playing games. I can only play until I am so oversaturated in gameplay that the thought of playing repulses me. Mm-hmm, and then I have to take mm-hmm. a long break. I mean, mm-hmm. ugh. but I don't think it's just us. In fact, I turned to my Twitter and I asked uh, people, do you guys play video games? How do you moderate yourselves and the amount of time you spend on them? And oh. here are some of the things they had to say. Ashley Jenkins, who I know personally is over at Rooster Teeth, she says, yes, I don't. (laughs) I like that. Oh, man, here's someone who uh, is dear to me because she says, when I get into a game, all my free time is usually devoted to it. Skyrim sucked away three months and 300 plus hours of my life. Hashtag no regrets. Oh, I like that. You know, I mean, I can say, remember when I was playing Okami when we lived in San Francisco? I do. I do not regret any moment I was playing that game. I was having, like, a fantastic time. I mean, Okami's a beautiful game. It's this game where you're, like, a wolf dog <gasps> god. Describe and they, the game. Describe oh, my God. Game. Okay. It's so amazing. Um, okay, yes. You are a wolf god. It takes place in ancient Japan. You are a Matarasu, the sun goddess in wolf form, and you basically paint the world back into existence with beautiful colors, and there's brush strokes, and it looks so great, and they just re-released it for PS4. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's out? Yes. No. It's out. No, Hannah. I know. No. Okay, wait. We said no, no screens tonight. Maybe <gasps> tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. What? I guess we'll have to use real brushes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's a good question. What's the plot of Skyrim? Don't tell me because I've never downloaded oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, there's like a... I mean, do tell me because I asked. Okay. Well, basically, there are dragons terrorizing the country of Skyrim. I think Skyrim is a country or the is it land. a continent? It's the land. Um, but it's like you just walk around and there's so much stuff to do. It's an open world game. Oh, Sometimes God. I would just walk through the snowy mountains on a horse yeah. Just do that. Not well, even going anywhere. Just those, walking through the mountains on a horse because it was so amazing. For those non-gamers listening, we're going to define a couple terms here. And we're going to stop talking about games soon. And we will go into why this guilty pleasure is so hard for us to control. And games are in a lot of ways like social media. But we're going to get to that in a second. However, here are some terms that we're using and uh, I'd like to explain. Open world concept. That means... Do you really think there's anyone who's listening to this podcast who doesn't know what an open world game is? Yeah, dude. I didn't know what open world was. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know because I had never played an open world game until Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, right, right, right. I take it all back. Okay. So what's an open world game? An open world game is a game where you can deviate from the main narrative and pursue all sorts of side quests at your leisure. Yes. So you could like open up the game and be like, today I am just going to kill all the marauders that are hiding out in caves. Yes. (laughs) And you're like, that's it for me. Uh, linear games are games where your objectives are uh, very clear and thematic. So it's like, I'm going to go from point A to point B, and that's what I need to accomplish right now, or I need to accomplish objective X. 
That's a linear game. Mm-hmm. So open world games are very dangerous. They're poison. They're poison. Yeah. But like the most delicious God. and sparkling poison. I mean, it's like, ooh, what am I going to do? Go collect all the flowers from the hillside? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Make potions for hours. And the worst part is a lot of games, like I use PlayStation 4. We both have PlayStations 4. And they have, God, trophies for certain things you accomplish. Oh, yeah. I'm such an addict for trophies. God, yeah. God. Okay, let's keep reading tweets. Okay. We'll do two more. Okay. Maria shares, I certainly do play video games. Wouldn't call it moderating my time, but if I do want to keep it short, I'll play online multiplayer. While for a long gaming session, I'll do something offline with an immersive story. Of course, you got to know your own habits for that to work. I just don't, I don't understand. I don't think I've ever met a human who's like very good at moderating game time. Lauren says, I play a lot of video games. I moderate by stopping when my significant other comes home from work or focus on just one quest. Not a perfect setup because I still have binge days. Usually means I need an escape day, but those are less often since taking up other hobbies. Oh, okay, Lauren. Other hobbies. Other other hobbies. Well, that's, you know, that raises an interesting point. What do you do when your significant other does not like video games? Shame. I mean, that's kind of tough. You know, actually, my sister is not a gamer at all. At all. At all. At all. Ever. Yeah. Well, actually, we played Mario Brothers growing up. But her husband really likes games a lot. Mm. So, but, you know, they make work. And, uh, you know, that seems like actually really, I don't know, it's good. They it's get hard. Their... I mean, the SO thing is like, that's a big deal. Because for me, I feel a lot of shame. Like, when my beloved comes home from work, if I've been playing video games, I'm like, <gasps> I must stop <laughs> now. You okay. Know? You know what? This is so embarrassing, and it brings me shame to this day. <clears throat> One time I was with a person who initiated sex while I was playing a game, and I turned them down because I was so into the game. I mean, uh, that's totally cool. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. That makes perfect sense. I mean, okay. You know, I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. I was like, sorry, partner. You want to make love at this moment? I am currently... Riding a dragon. And that's way more important. Well, you're like, no, I'm practicing this skill that I didn't have before. But so that's the thing. That's the thing about games is that they are so satisfying. Sometimes, like you just said, a little more satisfying than the idea or prospect of actual physical intimacy. But also so wrapped up in shame and guilt, I feel. Oh, yeah. Because I think there's a big stigma to it. Like, no one's like, ah, gaming. Great. You know, like, it's still, there's still this idea that it's a complete waste of time. It's antisocial. It... It pulls you out of reality. It possibly erodes, I don't know, your other humanly skills you're supposed to have. Like, I feel like that's that's out there. That's out there. Yeah, but why is it so satisfying? You know, it's the nature of gameplay itself that I really derive an immediate gratification and pleasure from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and you love puzzles, dude. I You've do. You've always loved puzzles. I know. I've always loved puzzles. And there's something about it that is inherently fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. I actually want to read this before we go into why we think it's so satisfying to play video games. I want to talk about the warning signs of video game addiction. Should we talk about the games that we are currently playing at this moment? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think we should. Hannah Gale, book games. Game games. Are you currently playing at this moment? Well, I just got the downloadable content for Bloodborne and it is amazeballs. Wait, so have you beaten Bloodborne? Like you played yes. the whole main quest? Yes. You've done the whole thing? Yes. Oh, my God. You know what's really satisfying, too? Because I've met people who are like, oh, I just stopped that game because it was so hard. And I'm like, 
You did it like no walkthrough? No. Oh, God, you're good. Sometimes <laughs> you're so good. I mean, literally, I've, the, the game we're talking about here, guys, is called Bloodborne, and it is a game that has so many narratives and so many threads. It's, it's interesting. It's very big. That's why I thought you wouldn't get into it because the story is so. The story is like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's the biggest puzzle. It's, it's the a, biggest puzzle. That's why I'm into it, dude. Mm-hmm. Here's what is nuts about it is that so it basically in the game, you're this character of unknown origin doing an unknown task in 19th century style Victorian clothing. It's so cool. I am such a sucker for that shit. Dude, it is visually so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there is some gore and et cetera, et cetera. And that's the part I don't love. Like, actually, to but be it's completely, pretty cartoonish, you to know? Be completely honest, I mute it when I play. Because I hate the I hate the sounds. They're too loud. I turn the volume down really low. I hate Mm -hmm. that. I love that. I love that sound. I hate hate it. I just have the volume down really low. Yeah, yeah. But for in this specific game, when you complete a task, what you're supposed to do next is not immediately obvious, Mm -hmm, and it's really mm -hmm. fascinating because the game is very similar to Mario in that when you die. You're alive again at the beginning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you have to go through the whole thing again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that Mm -hmm. Mario kind of format, which is like, oop, I died. There's no lot. There's like no like amount of times you're going to be reborn in the same place. And sometimes in this game, you have to go all the way back to prior levels. Mm -hmm. And all the enemies are back. And all the enemies are still there. Yeah. And you have to go back to prior levels to talk to characters who maybe are in a different place Mm. to unlock the next thing you're going to do. Right. You know, I think that's why I like it so much. It makes... (laughs) I'm going to sound like such an old asshole right now. I think a lot of games are very hand-holdy now. Yeah, they, they like, really are. They, they really show explain. you, like, mm-hmm. okay, the new Tomb Raider, you can press the button and it shows you exactly where you need to go. Fucking uh. Tomb Raider 1, if you got lost, you were just couldn't. You were just like, I have to start, I have to quit this game. I cannot figure it out. Like, they oh. gave you no clues. It was so, like, weirdly quiet and meditative. Mm. Like, you just jog for hours in this, like, coliseum and, like, that's beautiful. Once in a while, a huge gorilla would come attack you. I mean, it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> I know. I hear you, dude. I mean, that's what my big complaint about uh, another popular game called Horizon Zero Dawn was that they you your objective and what you were supposed to do next, every time you completed a task, there was literally like a little yellow triangle that was like, go here now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, go here now? Fine. Is there any sign in life that says go here now? Nope. I don't think so. Nope, there is not. <laughs> I completely agree. That is why Bloodborne's so great because it's like a riddle. It's mm-hmm. like a riddle of a game. Mm-hmm. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, we have a theme to our podcast that we're trying to get to, but right. so I also want to talk about what. There's so many things to say about games. You know, we can go on and on about why video games are so satisfying, but there's also, as you noted in uh, just moments ago, it can destroy your life as well. It can destroy your life as well. Yeah. So, guys, here are some of the warning signs of video game addiction. I did not know Hannah Hart was going to read these, and I'm actually really nervous okay, about what ready? she's going to say. Okay. Okay. So, okay. 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 There's okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So, number one, gaming to escape difficult life situations. Absolutely, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Yeah, duh. I mean, wait, that's isn't that why you why are you, why are you playing games? Yeah, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Sometimes I can't just say I can't, like, I have like an hour or two before I have to do something, and I'm just like, I don't know what, I, I don't know what to do, I should do, but I'm just going to play a fucking video game. I know. You know? I know, dude. An hour or two? Well, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, no, but the whole point is like gaming provides this respite, you know, mm-hmm. is that it gives me a moment to problem solve while doing something else. Although, to be fair, 
because of my ADHD, I 100% can still think about other stuff while I play a game. Uh, you know, I'm just like... See, I find that very meditative because I feel like it distracts that part of my brain that wants to make me crazy all the time. That part of my brain is like, whoa, whoa, we're playing this game. And then the like actual like core being of my heart brain is like, oh, cool. We can kind of like have some stuff on the back burner right now. Oh. You know? Yeah. And it's just, I mean, time flies because mm. you're in the moment. Yeah. Well, if I was to diagnose you, I would say, <laughs> uh, Hannah, for the record, has not been diagnosed with ADHD, but come on, I know. I know. <laughs> but, you know, in the terms of comorbidity, which is when you have two simultaneous diagnoses, uh, mm-hmm. I would say that I'm more ADHD depressive and you're more ADHD anxious. Wait, I thought you were going to say more depressive ADHD. <laughs> no, well, no, yeah, no. Yeah, even though well, it's like worry. It's repetitive worry. It's uh, like, you know what I mean? Which can be depressing. I mean, I'm yeah. not a doctor. Anyway. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> Warning sign number two. Okay. Playing for longer periods as time goes on. Ooh. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. The, uh, that's, that's like. Comes in peaks and valleys. It comes in peaks and valleys because yeah. I feel like I mean I took an entire month off playing, but I can. It's a really good sign what they're saying, which is that you start to play for two hours a day, mm-hmm. four hours a day, mm-hmm. six hours a day. Mm-hmm. You take off work. You take off work for multiple days. You take mm-hmm. off a week. Oh. You use your vacation week to play a game. Oh, okay. You know I'm getting really stressed out just talking about this. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's a that's a no for me. Okay, because I. I just have too much shit going on to just right. play games. Well, that's, you know, when I was like very, very, very depressed and unemployed, there was nothing. I had no structure to my day. So there was nothing. What else are you going to do? And yeah. how are you going to find a job when there's a game right there, which has lots of little jobs for you? <laughs> exactly. And they're so satisfying. They're so satisfying. See, that's, oh God. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Next oh, one. Here we go. Video game addiction. Next sign. Skipping showers and meals to keep playing. That's not me. I've definitely not eaten for long periods of time. Wow. My yeah. jaw dropped. You guys didn't hear it. Wait, hold on. <laughs> That's my jaw dropping. That's like, there are two things I can do and be like, I don't care that I'm hungry. One is painting. Oh. The other is video games. Oh. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. I love snacking. <laughs> I mean, and I, I love being clean. I, but <laughs> I will say last week when I was in a bad place, I definitely didn't shower for four days. And I definitely played video games all day for four days. It was actually super embarrassing because I didn't, unbeknownst to me, my little sister had linked my account with her boyfriends and oh. her and her boyfriend could see she was visiting him every time I was playing. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say 39 hours. It was a 40 hour work week. Dude. But see, in my brain, I'm like, yeah, I'm like not judging you at all, man. Oh, thanks, buddy. I mean... Some With people? seeing that number, I actually am really grateful that they started putting the amount of time you've spent playing the game next mm-hmm. to, like, your load screen. Oh, my God. I never look at that. I, well, I look at it, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, good to know. Mm-hmm. Because last week, I was like, God, I really feel like I only played last week. In my head, I'm like, well, maybe I didn't. No. In a 40-hour work week, I played 39 hours. Not great. Mm. You know? Anyway, uh, so and the next sign is this. Poor performance at work or school. That's not me. Mm, no, I don't. Yeah. Not, not at this. I mean, I don't think time. that if the games weren't there, they'd be any better. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's the games that did it. Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, huh. Well, I guess I'll go back to reading fanfic. <laughs> Ooh, oh, oh, number five, okay. lying to others to hide gaming activities. <laughs> I'm a big yes. I'm well, a big yes. 
you know, I've probably somewhat, I'm sure when, <sighs> you know, when people ask you the most horrible question in the world, what are you that, doing? What are your hobbies? Oh. <laughs> They're like, what are you up to right now? And I'm like, how like, what dare do you, what you? do you like to do in your spare time? God, fuck that question. I always feel like I'm supposed to say, oh, mountain biking, early walks, building <laughs> shelters for the homeless. Oh. It's like, you know what I like to do? Think about stuff while staring at the wall play, yeah. and playing video games. Like, Dude, literally, if you answered with that first one, I'd be like, yo, you got some shit. You're, <laughs> you're a dark soul, man. Are you kidding me? That's how you spare. But if you're like staring at the oh wall. Oh my God, you like, just made an amazing game pun. Did you know that Dark Souls is a game? Oh, man. By the same people who make Bloodborne. Wow. Stop bringing it back to Bloodborne. Sorry, <laughs> thank okay. God, something about it. No, I definitely lie to others to hide gaming activities because uh, you remember all those times we were supposed to have calls about the podcast this week? Yeah. Slash also last week. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> I knew something. I mean, <laughs> I understand. No. I mean, I shouldn't have shirked my responsibilities. I should have well, stopped playing half an hour before our call, as right. opposed to thinking that the second we got on wait, the phone. Wait, wait, so you mean when you text me and you're like, hey, buddy, this is a really good time because I've got other stuff going on. You were playing games? Yeah, dude. Yes. Well, I can't. And I, I didn't, mean, technically I totally that understand. wasn't a lie. That's right. <laughs> I, just, I didn't have other stuff going on. Uh, right. Well, dude, if you hadn't done that, we wouldn't The blood be, echoes are not going to channel themselves. I call them blood bucks. Oh my god, that's so cute. Actually, I have to give my friend Steven. Steven! Hey, what's up, dude? He came up with that term. He Bucks. also made me a playlist called Bloodborning. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, have you lied to others to hide gaming activities? Not in recent memory. Because you know, I think what makes it easier is my two roommates also love video games. Oh yeah. So we're all just like, yeah, man. Like whenever I when I'm like, guys, I didn't I didn't do my, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything I was supposed to do today. I just played games. They're like yeah, live your life, man. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Is it, though? How enabling. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, dude, I just want to say, that's okay, and I don't judge you. I think that's what was meant to happen this week. We could, I, you know, so we could talk about it. I know. I think you're right. And also, I was also like, oh, I don't even want to talk about this shit. I know. But now you're here, yeah. and we can figure it out. We yeah. got this. We got this, dude. We got we this. We lucked out. We're going to watch this again. <laughs> All right, last but not least, number six out of six, exhibiting signs of irritation when forced to stop gaming. That has definitely happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is hard. You know, it leaves you feeling like really like incomplete. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like not it's like playing two thirds of a song on the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the rest. It's like making two thirds of a sandwich or it's like making a sandwich and then not eating it. It's like taking one bite of a sandwich. It's like masturbating. And then someone comes home. And they're and... like, stop masturbating. <laughs> and you're like, why? <laughs> this will be over so soon. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. No, so I'm going to go ahead and say yes. So counting them, um, gaming to escape life equals uh, one. I think I had like a, a pretty, like at least two, three. I think two, I had a three, three out of six. Yeah. Hardcore three out of six. And Hannah, according to one, two, I think you got like a three and a half out of six because the playing for longer periods of time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, three and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You guys know. You let us know in the comments below. Oh, wait. <laughs> this isn't YouTube. Hey, it's a podcast. <laughs> and because it's a podcast, we are going to get into the next half, which is why our game so satisfying right after this. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> 
Okay, dude, it can't just be us, right? Games are objectively fulfilling. They are. It feels good. It feels good. And there's actually now, like, actual research to back this up. Really? Yeah. Games, I feel, used to be pretty narrow in their, what they were to accomplish. Mm. And now, I think due to more appreciation of games and gaming people who really grew up playing games getting older now there are games that are designed to like make life better Mm. you know there are games that are like designed to help people get over ptsd and like really uh yeah and like um you know develop empathy and like what what games are those well like for example my roommate sarah and helen hi sarah and helen (laughs) um they play this game called the this war of mine where you literally are citizens in a war-ravaged country. Oh, wow. And it's based on, like, a real uh, uh, conflict that happened in, like, Eastern Europe. And you have to you have to keep, like, a group of people alive. And it'll be like, Sergio is uh, badly wounded, sleep-deprived, and incredibly depressed. So it's Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah, and you have to, like, scavenge. You have to build stuff. You have to, like, make food. You have to go find – you have to connect with other humans. Oh, wow. I mean, it's it looks so depressing to me. I don't know. Oh, I don't understand why I mean, that's like just it. the way I live my life. I feel like I'm scavenging right now. But I do think that what you said in the beginning, which is that games are so advanced now, is that it's almost like entrapment. It's almost like you're being brought into it. Um, you know, back in the day, it's like, here's Pong. This is the game Pong. It goes like <laughs> bing, bing, bong. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. And that's it. But now achievement – becomes a huge part of the game, leveling up, skill mm-hmm. building. There's all these different aspects. And also emotional payoff. Games are designed to, like, hit these achievement goals slash, you know, skill building goals slash level goals. And that that is all pretty new. And I don't know why, but that feels so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have been reading a bit of this book by Jane McGonigal. She's an American game designer and author who advocates the use of mobile and digital technology to channel positive attitudes and collaboration in a real world context. Mm. So she, her whole thing is like, games are good for us. Oh, yeah. Okay. Alternate take. Let me read you this quote that she has. And it fucking blew my mind. I almost underlined it, but this is a library book. Oh, you go to the library. (laughs) Right. Okay. Listen to this. If you are a gamer, it's time to get over any regret you might feel about spending so much time playing games. You have not been wasting your time. You have been building up a wealth of virtual experience that, as the first half of this book will show you, can teach you about your true self, what your core strengths are, what really motivates you, and what makes you happiest. Whoa. As you'll see, you have also developed world-changing ways of thinking, organizing, and acting. I mean, yeah, dude. Right? Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty good, but it also does compel me to read the rest of the book. Right. Uh, Yes. Well, she wrote this book because she spent so much time developing games and learning about why people love games. So basically, I want to say, I want to read what she says because she says it so beautifully. In today's society, computer and video games are fulfilling genuine human needs that the real world is currently unable to satisfy. (gasps) I mean, she makes a really good point. She's like, okay, these are the facts. Millions and millions and millions of people are spending more and more time playing games and, like, tuning out, quote-unquote. And some people look at that and say, oh, this is terrible. And she looks at it and says, well, why is that? Right. And also, how can we use that in a good way? Yeah. No, that's so true. You because know? we live – our society is so perpetually – 
not finished, right? So your social me- media feed scrolls and scrolls, your your emails, your inbox always gets full again. Your work tasks always repeat, right. but you're not getting the satisfaction of like material labor, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, I'm going to work on building the fence today. Mm-hmm. Ah, I have built another quarter of the fence. I look mm-hmm. backwards, I see a quarter of the fence is built. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. not getting that satisfaction of a job that is either partially completed or completed. Whereas a lot of the in, time, you can't even see how your job is affecting anything or anyone. At all. You're literally sitting in a box alone in a room. I mean, You're sitting I, in a box alone in a room. Yeah. I had a job once where I literally, like, scanned things into the computer, like, you know, um, <laughs> the mainframe. <laughs> okay, I know that's not the right word. I scanned things so they could be, you know, saved digitally. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure no one cared. And also, they what? were just going to redo it. And also, they didn't really have a very good system of... I mean, that to me seems a little satisfying because you can watch the, like, pile of paper get smaller and smaller, but not satisfying (laughs) to you. So the reason that we play games must be different then, you know? And, like, by Mm -hmm. giving credit to that and exploring that, you're going to learn more about yourself, right? Yeah. People write games off so easily as um, a way of escapism. And Mm -hmm. sure, I'm sure there's an aspect of escapism, but it can also be used as a tool for reflecting on the things that feel good to you. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, I'm really only motivated by... Wanting to feel like I've contributed something, mm-hmm, you know, and so like, gosh, how noble of you! <laughs> but it's true. That's like why The Last of Us is one of my favorite games. I also really like Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, I like feeling that sense of contribution in some way, and games have plots and purpose and designations and endpoints. And when you reach them, you're rewarded. Yes, the rewards are huge. The rewards in a game are huge, and they get, like, the harder you push yourself, the bigger they get. Yeah. And that's not how real life is. That's not. The reward system, the gratification, the re- in, in, in your mind, your reward center is being constantly pinged when you do gameplay. Mm-hmm. And that is a very satisfying feeling that a lot of us have absent from our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. So I would say for those of you who enjoy games, who enjoy escaping into the world of games, it might be that you crave reward. And the people that escape the most into games are probably people that have the most to contribute. Because they have the desire in them to do so. Wow. You know? I mean, I do think... I I mean, I think there is a component of I just can't deal with anything right now and I'm going to play this game. Yeah. And I feel like when you're playing the game in that way, you can tell from the way it makes you feel. And also I think it's easier to stop. Yeah, because you feel dirty. (laughs) Or you're just like, ugh, I just don't want to think about anything. I'm just going to play this game for an hour. All right, fine. I got to get back to my life. Right, 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 right. So when I play coming from that point, it feels like that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like, what am I doing? And then I start to play, then it's like, this is what I'm doing <laughs> for the next four yeah. to six hours. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to come back. It's hard to Have come back. Have you ever, like, stopped the game and you're just like, oh, my God, my real life is so boring. <laughs> it is. It is. But there's something I want to leave with, which is that... The gamification system, which I think you first brought up to me, is that oh, if there was a reward right. system for your life, if you could mm-hmm. get points or you could gamify your life somehow, you might find it inherently more satisfying. Mm-hmm. And I, we in my household, we applied this system recently to chores, um, wherein my partner and I uh, had to split the chores, right? So it's like uh, kitty litter, laundry, dishes, et cetera, groceries, blah, 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 blah. So we assigned points to everything. And we started mm-hmm. keeping track throughout the course of a week mm-hmm. as to how many points whoever would earn. And it was competition between the two of us. And whoever had the most points at the end of the week got to decide what we did all day Sunday. 
Whoa! That's it, amazing, dude! Yeah, it's been fantastic. Did it's, you guys come up with that idea on your own? Yeah, we did. We were like, well, what if we make it like, I was like, what if we just put points behind everything? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like one of us would feel, you, the weekend would come, we're both exhausted, we both really overwork ourselves, and then it's a Sunday, and sometimes she wants to spend Sunday doing a bunch of different social things, and I want to spend Sunday playing games. <laughs> and in partnership, it's hard to find that compromise you know, what's the line between compromise and sacrifice? So mm-hmm. what we did is that we created this system of keeping track of, okay, I did the clitty litter. I did the garbage. I did the... Did, uh, did you just say the clitty litter? Oh, wow. <laughs> I do a lot of clitty litter, baby. This is why we have the uh, X rating. Um, I did the kitty litter. I did the garbage. I did the dishes. Or I meditated. I worked out. Whatever the, whatever the self-care assignments were, too. Mm-hmm. And whoever had the most points at the end of the week... And by the way, it was always really close. Uh... <laughs> Got to pick what happened Sunday. Totally guilt-free. Dude, that's a great idea. It was nice. It was really nice. And we stopped doing it. Um, but when we did it, it worked great. Wait, so what happened? Why'd you stop doing it? Uh, the sign fell. And I... <laughs> <laughs> like oh. ripples in a pond. <laughs> our, our, our whiteboard that I hung up fell down. So I'll reinstall it when she gets home this weekend. But yes, so if you guys want to try... If you are someone that enjoys games and gets satisfaction from games, maybe find a way to gamify your life a little bit. Right. And actually, the person who wrote this book also helped to develop a game called Super Better, which is a way to like, it's a way to gamify getting like recovering from like depression and anxiety and like all this stuff. Is it an app? Can I get it as an app? Um, I think, you know, when I first read about it, this was a little while ago, so I'm not sure. I mean, if I'm it's sure not an app she really should. I really think, I pro- I'm Super pretty better. sure she's kind of on top of this shit. If you guys have enjoyed this conversation, please rate, review, and make sure you subscribe so you get every week of Analyze This. And don't worry, earbuds, we will be talking about this topic uh, way, way more. Except for next week, we talk about something else. And also let you know whether or not we made it through the night without using screens. Yeah. What a challenge. I know. I'm really proud of us I'm already. I'm motivated by challenge. I'm not going to lie. I'm not surprising, at heart. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I see you. That was not a dig at all. Oh, I don't feel that way. Okay, good. I'm actually quite proud. (laughs) 